Hello, friend. Welcome to our summer special series on the doctrine of the church. We're taking a break from our weekly interviews and our Bible chats, and we are doing this special summer series. This is episode number six in this series on the church. In our previous episode, I introduced the three expressions of the local church that followers of Christ should be a part of, based upon size. There's a growing movement of churches that are recognizing the vital importance of the microchurch. Now, that terminology, microchurch, is used by several leaders. Based upon that terminology, I've assigned the other two essential expressions of the local church, similar terminology as I shared with you in our previous episode. I refer to the largest size expression as macro church and the smallest as atomic church. The macro church gathering is the largest gathering of the local church. It's when the congregation comes together as a whole to praise God through song, to listen to a skilled teacher of the word, and to celebrate the ordinances of baptism and Lord's Supper. In most churches in the United States, we refer to this with one of two labels. Some call it the worship service which etymologically speaking, you're familiar with the word etymology, how you get the word, there's a root word. When it comes to etymology, the phrase worship service is redundant because, because the Greek word for worship and for service is the same word. Nonetheless, that's what a lot of people call that gathering. Others simply call it church. How often do we hear people say, well, I went to church on Sunday. In fact, for traditional church settings here in the United States where you have say, a Sunday school hour followed by the worship service. It's not uncommon to ref- for people who are part of those churches to refer to Sunday school as Sunday school and to refer to the worship service as church. You know, I stayed for church. I've heard that a lot. I went to Sunday school, but then I couldn't stay for church because I had to be at the airport or whatever. And so they refer to the, the macro church gathering, the what's called by a lot of people the worship service, as church itself. Now, Most, if not all of you who are listening to this are very familiar with this kind of gathering and have no problem understanding what this kind of gathering is all about. So I'm not going to devote an entire episode to it, but I will the other two, starting today with the microchurch. The microchurch is the most important of the three sized expressions. Now that might surprise you for me to say that. I'm not going to poll on this, but I would suspect that most American Christians think that the macrochurch gathering, what we commonly call the worship service, is the primary and most important gathering of the local church. But after years of studying the doctrine of the church, and particularly studying what the New Testament teaches on the subject and what the book of Acts describes, if I were to rank the priority of these three expressions, macro, micro, and atomic, I have no problem whatsoever saying that the macro church is the least important. Not Now hear me, I'm not saying that it's unimportant, okay? They're all important. I'm just saying that the other two expressions are more important, and the microchurch is the most important. Here's why. If you had a checklist of everything the New Testament says that the church is supposed to be and do, no other expression of the church has the potential to check off the most boxes of what God desires of the church than the microchurch gathering. The macrochurch, because of its size, which it, I would define a macrochurch as that gathering of believers to sing praise to God together, to hear a sermon or a message from a skilled teacher, in many cases take up an offering to uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper, sometimes testimonies, announcements of what's going on in the church. You know what I'm talking about. Usually anywhere from 25 to 75 to 100 in smaller churches, 150, 200, 300, 500, and what we 
kind of consider medium-sized church, and then larger churches, 500 or above, mega churches, 2,000 or more, all kinds of different sizes of that. But it, it's what we would call the largest gathering during the week of that particular local church. Because of its size, the mac- macro church is unable to allow maximum participation. Only a few people are able to exercise their spiritual gifts in that setting. It's not uncommon for that to be only or really less than 10% of the people expressing their spiritual gifts, sometimes even as low as 2 or 3%, depending on the size of the gathering. But the micro church is the right size for maximum participation and maximum edification. And yet, sadly, so many Christians are not involved in a micro church type setting or anything like it. So what exactly is a micro church? A micro church is a gathering of Christ followers who are a worshiping community on mission together. I'm going to repeat that. A microchurch is a gathering of Christ followers who are a worshiping community on mission together. Now, within that definition, there are what are the three essential purposes of the church, which I believe are worship, community, and mission. It's what some call the ecclesial minimums. The word ecclesial, that's the Greek word for church, ekklesia. So it's referring to the church. And then, of course, minimums. It's answering the question, what are the absolute essential purposes of the church? And as I've mentioned, I believe that answer is worship, community, and mission. If you take any of these three away, you're not truly functioning as a biblical church because biblical churches worship together, they have community together, and they are on mission together. I've been asked, so how is a microchurch different than a small group or a Sunday school class? And that's a great question. The basic difference, and I know I'm speaking in generalities, is that Sunday school classes tend to be focused primarily on Bible study, which falls under the category of worship, in my definition of worship, which, by the way, if you study the subject of worship in the New Testament, you'll find that it basically means to give worth to God. And nothing fosters our, the worship of our hearts and of our lives more than spiritual disciplines in our lives, which includes Bible intake, prayer, giving, etc., Another way of expressing what worship is, is to say the way we worship is we surrender or we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every area of our lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 is a key verse in in understanding this principle. Sunday school classes tend to be focused on Bible study and to varying degrees, community, caring for one another, praying for one another. But there's rarely any emphasis or effort in evangelism. I know that's not true of every Sunday school for a lot of Sunday schools. The same is true if you've been involved in small groups, because some of you, that's your background. Instead of Sunday school, it's small groups. Small groups are designed to be about worship and community, but in most cases, not to be on mission together. A micro church, however, recognizes the importance of all three ecclesial minimums and seeks to be faithful in engaging in all three together, worship, community, and mission. So let's talk about the size of a micro church. I've already said that a macro church is likely to be 25 people or more up into the thousands. But a microchurch, the the word micro, even the name, is a reminder of size, that it's smaller. And while different churches answer this question differently, my answer is between five and 24 people. You could actually start a microchurch with three or four people, but it would need to add more people quickly, or basically it's going to be set up as an atomic church, which is what I'll talk about in a future episode. The microchurch ranges between 5 and 24 people. The ideal size of a microchurch is 12 people. Now, isn't that interesting? Jesus led a microchurch. I know that term's not in the New Testament, but it's a term we're using to communicate the principle of what Jesus did with 12 guys. 12 is the ideal size, right around that. 
but it could grow to as many as 24 people and still function well in fulfilling its design, which it's designed to enable maximum participation, maximum use of personal spiritual gifts, and to fulfill the one another's of the New Testament. There's over 30 commands in the New Testament that have this idea of one another or each other. The primary, and, and I would say the all-encompassing one being love one another. I think all the other one another's are ways we love one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens, pray for one another, forgive one another. All these lists of one another's would be a great study for you to do in the New Testament. The one another's of the New Testament. You could even Google that phrase, the one another's of the New Testament. You'll find different lists and scripture references. It's hard to fulfill the one another's, almost impossible, but very, very difficult to fulfill the one another's in the New Testament in a macro church setting. But you can in a micro church. Micro churches are the right size to carry out the desire of God for a church gathering. Until I understood and embraced this idea of the microchurch being the primary and the ideal size, I had a very difficult time reconciling Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, specifically in chapter 14, the description of what, a, if you want to call it a church service, was like that Paul was talking about in the book of Corinthians, and which was really what we think was much the model of the New Testament. It didn't seem to match my understanding of church, because my understanding was of church was so tied to the macro church. And so when I came to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and specifically verse 26, it made no sense to me in a macro church setting. Let me just read that verse to you. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation, that all things be done for edification. How can that be fulfilled in a macro church setting? The answer is it's nearly impossible. It can't. And no churches attempt to do that. You want full participation in the life of the church, that can only be fulfilled in a micro-church setting. The numbers become too large for everyone to contribute. And so you think about the design of a, of a sanctuary. You have all these, all these seats arranged facing a platform, and a few people are on that platform exercising their gifts for the edification of everyone present, but it's only a few. Whereas in a micro-church setting, you don't meet in a setting where you have everybody facing the front and only a few people get up in the front. You're usually sitting in a living room, in a home, or if you're in a classroom, in a, in a church building, you would have the seat arranged in a circle. Because the idea is, we're all going to participate. We're all going to contribute. And this is why the microchurch is the most important and primary gathering for the local church. And I believe also, when you see the word church referred to in the New Testament, most often it is referring, I'm talking about local gathering level, it's referring to this type of expression. Once you see that, once you understand that, you start reading the New Testament with new eyes, and you've, it starts clicking on how the church really can be the church God is describing in his word. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.